0: You may have neither heard of nor seen Natasha Kampusch, but in Austria, a lot of people know her story. What was it like to be kidnapped at the age of 10 and be kept prisoner for more than 3,000 days? After eight years of being trapped, Natasha managed to escape from the kidnapper. She survived and decided to share her tough experience in hopes of helping victims of similar crimes. It's a heartbreaking story about bravery and endless hope, but also proves that former victims can do good things even after suffering the terrible evil they've had to endure. This is Natasha Kampusch's story, and I'm sure that by the end, you'll remember her name clearly. On March 2nd, 1998, a woman called a Vienna police station. She said her name was Brigitta Sirny and she claimed that her 10-year-old daughter, Natasha Campush had disappeared. Turned out that on Sunday, Natasha had returned from a vacation with her father. And on Monday, she went to school, but never returned. A bit worried, Brigitta called the daughter's school. But the school administration said that Natasha had missed all her classes that day. And Brigitta decided to call the police. The search started immediately. The police checked the route from the Kampush house to the school. They searched the nearby ponds, used police dogs, but they couldn't find any trace of the little girl. Then the police suggested Natasha may have been kidnapped. So they began asking around, but a new lead came in by itself. A 12-year-old student contacted the police and told them that she had witnessed a girl who looked like Natasha get forced into a white van. The police started checking every car that matched that description. They also searched in nearby Hungary, where Natasha and her dad had vacationed. There was a chance that the girl could have crossed the border, either willingly or not. The police started interrogating owners of white vans. At the time, they noticed Wolfgang Priklapil, a former technician. He had a white van that looked very similar to the one that the girl described. The man explained that he needed the car to transport building materials. On March 2nd, he was allegedly at home completely alone, so no one could prove his alibi. Wolfgang Pricklepeel didn't attract a lot of attention. The police had to check about 700 cars and interrogate almost the same number of car owners. And Pricklepeel didn't seem suspicious. Soon enough, everyone forgot about him but nobody had any idea that he was hiding a scared 10-year-old girl in a tiny secret room. The room Natasha was forced to live in was five square meters or 54 square feet big and was 2.5 meters or eight feet underground. It had no windows and only ventilation supplied the scared girl with fresh air. The room was locked behind two doors, one of which weighed 330 pounds. Even more, it was completely soundproof. So even when Natasha desperately cried for help, no one could hear her pleas. The only entry to Natasha's prison was through Wolfgang's garage. But even if someone came in there, they wouldn't find it because the first door was hidden behind an ordinary looking closet. For six months, Natasha was not allowed to leave her improvised prison. Later, the kidnapper started to let her out for a short time. He tried to buy the girl's trust by any means. She had a TV, a board, a chair, and a desk. He also brought her a lot of games, books, and magazines. Years passed, but the search never stopped. A 2004 lead took detectives down the wrong path. They thought that a Frenchman named Michel Fournier had something to do with the kidnapping. He had been convicted previously for similar crimes. But there was no solid proof that he was involved. At the time, Pricklapil was becoming much more confident. He was sure that nobody would find him and Natasha. In 2005, he relaxed and started letting the girl out to walk, not only in his house, but also in his garden. One year later, he even allowed her to swim in his neighbor's swimming pool. Once, he even took the 17-year-old Natasha to a ski resort but made sure she had no chance to escape. Nobody knows what exactly was in the kidnapper's head. Natasha herself said she was kept like the help. Prickle monitored her daily schedule and made sure that Natasha continued to study and read books. He convinced her that the exit was broken, so without him, she couldn't get out. Sometimes he threatened to kill her and told her that he had brutal friends. Other times, he beat her and afterward tried to calm her down. The abuse lasted for 3,096 days. But finally, Natasha managed to escape. It happened in 2008 when Peel asked the girl to vacuum his car. It could be just another day of his perfect crime. But then Peel got distracted by a phone call. <phone <rings> Natasha decided to take her chance. She left the vacuum cleaner on and ran away as fast as she could. She knocked on the door of one of the neighbor's houses, asking for help. An old woman agreed and called the police. Officers attempted to arrest Pricklapil, but he died trying to escape. Natasha burst into tears when she was told of his death. Journalists immediately spread news that she had developed Stockholm Syndrome. But Natasha herself denies it. She had always thought that Prickle Peel was nothing more than a criminal. Natasha's case became widely known. For years, she was afraid to talk about her harsh experience. But over time, she started speaking out in hopes of helping other victims and people who could learn from her story. She wrote an autobiography, 3096 Days, which was also turned into a movie. She had a talk show on TV as well. Natasha wanted to show the public that she had recovered from the psychological trauma she experienced and was able to trust people again. She has also helped other survivors of similar experiences to hers. She donated about $28,000 to Elizabeth Fritzel, who was kept prisoner by her own father for many years. Kempush has also become a member of PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. She even wrote a letter to the Austrian Minister of Agriculture asking for animals to be freed from their cages. She had been in one for far too long and didn't want something like that to happen to any other living being. These days, Natasha is into drawing, studying photography, and likes to grow succulents. People still ask her about her time in captivity. She answers that even though it was a really tough time, she now lives the way she wants and doesn't have any regrets by the way she also inherited the house she was kept in and it's still her property from time to time she comes there to keep the place clean once she said that the walls were the most terrible part of her childhood and the cleaning had a therapeutic effect on her for natasha life goes on And I hope that someday she won't need to come to that house anymore.